All the games I used to play in my younger wilder days, the game of clubs and tees. Welcome into an episode of the Turn Golf Podcast. I'm Andrew Petters. I got Joe Nicely here. We got the Tennessee Vols gear on. We're in the College World Series as we speak. Uh, Not looking good. Not looking good, sir. A pretty generous strike zone up there at Omaha this week. Uh, but everybody's got to play it. So let's look here. Last time I seen it, yeah, two nothing, top of the eighth. We got uh, six outs left, looks like, for the home team. Uh, they got two on, no outs in the top of the eighth. So that's not looking good for the home, for, uh, for the Tennessee balls. Anyway. Let's talk U.S. Open, Joe. Um, Wyndham Clark takes home the his first major second win uh, in just a few weeks, actually, but second win on the PJ Tour as well. Um, everybody's talked about the course. We know about, or we know the alleged 23,000 tickets, 14,000 were corporate tickets. The other 9,000 were for patrons, uh, for the general public. Apparently, the membership or other corporations bought up the other 4,500 and burned them. Uh, horrible viewing tournament. Uh, really, the only the only thing I actually the only negative about golf for me was that um, the few holes where the drivers, if you hit land in the fairway, they were funneling to the same place. Um, that was pretty. Um, that's the only thing really I had dislike. And then they got very unlucky with the, with the, with the dense, uh, what they called, which we heard it, you know, no less than 3000 times this weekend, Marine layer, um, which drastically softened the golf course for periods of time throughout yeah. the tournament. Other than that, I thought the tournament was a huge success. 1100, 10 under, whatever one. Um, I know we like to see, you know, three, four under three, four over win, but, is what it is. So uh, I, I mentioned a couple of the, the headlines there, Joe. Uh, just give me your thoughts on what the U.S. Open did this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, like, like you said, the uh, the holes where all the balls just funnel the same place. It's, it's just a it's just a bad golf hole. That's like number like number eight at the Brit. Um, no matter where you hit it, it's going to be within yeah. a 14-yard period. You know, Going to the same place. Um, so I, I think, yeah, I mean, some things you touched on, man, I, I think I think the event as a whole was disappointing um, ju just because of the, of the, you mentioned the ticket situation at LACC. Um, you know, pr pretty disheartening, honestly. Um, I, mean, I think it's the most corporate U.S. Open we've ever seen, which we know that's kind of where our our world and, and certainly where golf is headed, especially with this merger. Um, but, but at the same time, especially for us open, um, really kind of disheartening not to see more fans there and not to see, you know, avail availability to even be there. Um, so that was frustrating. I think the golf course is, is a better golf course than it, than it kind of showed itself to be this week. Um, as you mentioned, kind of got unlucky with, with Marine layer, um, that, that soft enough, the golf course. So I think the USGA is, is kind of changed and shifted a little bit, uh, with how they're setting these US opens up. And that's something we're going to see, you know, going forward there for several years. They, uh, 
they walked that tight rope between kind of maybe losing control of the golf course uh, and making it extremely difficult. And I don't feel like they're comfortable walking that line um, like they used to be. So I think we're going to kind of see a, a, a change, a shift. We've already seen it um, in how these golf courses are set up. As far as a winner, I mean, I think Wyndham Clark's a very worthy winner. We, we've talked about him on this show, AP, and know he's a quality player uh, that's always had a ton of talent. He's finally starting to put things together this year, so um, uh, certainly deserving win by him. He played great, hung on tough. But, again, disappointing for golf fans, um, you know, who are, who are uh, by far and, and, and wide pulling for a Rory McIlroy win, pulling for a Ricky Fowler win. Um, you even feel like a Scotty Scheffler win is, you know, kind of historical uh, as far as the type of player we think he's going to be. So, uh, from a fan perspective, uh, sorry to Wyndham Clark, uh, deserving winner, but Kind of a bummer to watch as a fan. So um, come away from the U.S. Open with mixed feelings, man. Um, certainly not not the best major we've seen in a while, but uh, some interesting golf, uh, an interesting golf course. And, you know, we move on. We got a, got a good golf tournament this week. Um, and it's hard to believe we only got one major left this year, AP. Yeah. Um, yeah, before we uh, move on to the Travelers this week, uh, like you said, great tournament coming up. One of Definitely one of our uh... – our top events that we have on our calendar uh, for the uh, avid golf fan. Um, is it fair to say that if we look back over the last decade, the PJ uh, PJ of America is is schooling the USGA on running golf tournaments? Yeah, man, I think that's fair. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. The PJ's had a lot of really good events, um, and they. PGA kind of has an advantage. I mean, let's just be honest. The PGA kind of has an advantage um, where we don't expect as much. Uh, we've kind of always viewed it as the little brother, kind of the, the fourth on the list. Um, you know, I think that's fair to say that that's how most golf fans view the PGA. So those expectations are kind of lowered. Um, and they don't have the, uh, you know, they don't have the pressure of, of kind of trying to live up to um, what, viewers think it should be like a U.S. Open does. I mean, we, we expect the U.S. Open to be uh, the toughest tournament, right, the toughest major. And, and so the USGA has to kind of live up to that or, or at least tries to live up to that identity uh, on a regular basis where the PGA doesn't have that. And and so I think the PGA has been really sneaky good lately. Um, I've had some cool golf courses. Um, I, I, know I, I know you did as well, AP, love Kiowa. Um, just a great venue. Uh, you know, we've seen Bethpage, uh, in Oak Hill this year, um, some, some really cool golf courses. So yeah, man, I think the PGA is, has really kind of been sneaky good over the past, uh, six to eight years. Yeah. Interesting enough. I, I saw where the, uh, you can actually pull this up, uh, on the USGA website, the future sites and maybe all, but like three years are full for the next 15 and Bethpage is nowhere to be found. It's, uh, Pretty sad there, um, and and my my theory all along is that you know, and I've said it on this podcast, I've tweeted it out, I've said to anybody to listen that it would be really to make these events more distinct. We've got the Masters, which is I guess the National every year. We got the Open Championship, which is in the you know the six seven course rotation over in uh, Scotland and England, uh, and then and then you know we 
what what if you know the PJ Championship was on a private track, U.S. Open was on a public track? That would be just, that would distinct those events throughout. But obviously, you know, my say means nothing. But uh, I think uh, PGA has had some great events uh, last year's, this past year's. You know, uh, you go back the Beth Page year that uh, in that where that's where uh, Brooks won. I just they've had some good events. That's just how there is to it. So. Um, and then um, when Justin Speak, speaking of that, speaking of that schedule, AP um, LECC's on there again, I believe for twenty thirty nine, which um, you know, fifteen years away or whatever, six. Yeah. But um, I'll be fifty five then. I'll, I'll I'll be fifty five then and worry about putting my like seventeenth child through college. So I probably won't yeah. be watching golf by then. Do you think? Uh, do you think it's held there? You think we'll see another U.S. Open at LACC after this? I think it's pretty obvious. Match. USGA has no care whatsoever of what the general public thinks. Uh, they just care about what the twelve peoples with ties and the and the uh, uh, the floppy hats say inside those meetings. I can't stand a guy in a suit and a hat. That just doesn't. I can't do it. Um, suit, hat, and uh, dog tags on. I, I can't. You know his credentials. I can't get yeah. on board with that look. Um, it's mainly infuriating for me. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the, that's, that's, you know, the kind of has, does, does that have anything to do with maybe some rulings that have come down? over no, the, no, in the no, past? Just, I think it has to do with the, the whole de deforestation of golf courses movement back in the nineties and let's mow the rough down. Uh, I think we had a, you know, an 80 year period where the greatest, you know, greatest designer in American history, Don Ross designed, you know, whatever, five, 600 golf courses. And over an 80 year period, these trees are going to mature and it really turned these golf courses in the South, especially the South and the Northeast into really fantastic golf courses. And the USGA decided to uh, not only tell people, but then get advisement groups to go out and tell country clubs. They just cut down every tree they have for maintenance issues. Uh, and to bring it back to the original design when they cut down all the trees uh, to sell the lumber, uh, I just think it's ridiculous. And so, and I and I grew up in a tree, uh, tree, you know, uh, holes were framed in by trees era. You know, eighties, nineties. That's that was what golf was in the South. So anyway, that, that's probably number one and number two. I, I just uh, I didn't like any really any decisions that Mike Davis made at the helm of the USGA. And, uh, and then, you know, they held a, uh, you know, a five hour press conference when they released their marketing plan for the, from many to one, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Uh, and a waste of my Saturday when I sat down and watched, it, I was really fired up thinking they were going to list all these new events and they come out and talked about a marketing scheme for many one. And then luckily the meme world took over and turned into a Tiger Woods meme. So anyway, uh, I, yeah, I'm just, it's just disheartening. So, um, moving on from that topic, uh, I will say one thing about Wyndham Clark. Uh, it's pretty obvious uh, now that we're going to see him on mainstream in the, in the leaders groups and stuff like that. Uh, Next World Talent hits, hits the ball far enough um, where he has a distinct advantage over <laughs> a lot of people in the field, 90% of the field. Um, and you really felt like uh, as good as Ricky played all week, he was definitely obviously the least talented of the four there at the top at the end. And it looked like he had no more bullets in his gun is kind of where I'm at on that. 
uh, and my buddies were like, Holly, how many tournaments are you going to win? And you kind of always get on this little path like, oh, my gosh, is Rom ever going to lose again? Or is, oh, oh, is Brooks ever going to lose? Is Scotty ever going to lose? And now it's like, this guy, this Wyndham Clark guy, he might ever lose again. And I'm like, you know what, guys, let me just say this to them. I was like, guys, Wyndham's been doing this for a long time, playing exactly like he played in the U.S. Open, except, let's be honest, he had like two of the most all-world up and downs. One was a safe for bogey, and one on 11 was that par up and down that he almost hold from 30 yards left of the green. That 69, 70, whatever it was he shot, you know, could have been a 74. And I think 68 to 74 was a very thin line on Sunday anyway with where the pin positions were and the decisions that you made. So, um, Wyndham Clark, world talent. Um, if he limits his mistakes, he's tough to handle. So, that's what I'll say about him. Great champion, very deserving. And two put on 18 was next level, that kind of pressure. What, 60-something feet or something, 58 feet? That's a great pressure pack uh, way to handle it and take care of business. So, um, yeah, Joe Nicely, uh, lead editor for uh, rotoballer.com. Joe, uh, before we get into this DraftKings slate in this tournament, uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, rotoballer.com. Yeah, man, we still got a still got a lot of golf left. So I uh, want to encourage you to head over to rotoballer.com for the rest of the season. Um, you can use our promo code TERM to sign up for our PGA Premium Package. Um, that'll take you through the rest of the year. We still got, of course, the Open Championship, got the Vegas Cup playoffs, uh, a lot of amazing tournaments just like this week's Travelers. Um, so I want to encourage you to go over there to check out our staff. Spencer Aguiar was on Wyndham Clark last week. Um, Spencer does a Vegas report, does all kinds of content actually for us. He has his own tier over there, guys. So if you're a fan of, uh, Spencer Aguiar at T off sports, um, you can sign up to, to get every article that he does, um, as well as discord access. A lot of people are loving that this year. Um, something new we added and, and more new stuff will be coming in 2024, man. We're always looking for ways to improve. So. Hope you'll go over and check out rotoballer.com. Uh, use our promo code TURN. That'll help us out. And and we think you'll really like the content, get a lot out of it. Thank you, uh, Joe Nicely, uh, lead editor at rotoballer.com. Best place in the world for your daily fantasy needs. Moving on this week, um, learn something new tonight, Joe. Uh, Travelers Championship, uh, obviously, same birth year as my dad. He's Eddie Darts, 1952. Uh, so we had its 70th birthday last year. Uh, um, played at the TVC River Highlands, and we'll get to that in just a second. But this tournament held in Cromwell, Connecticut. Um, second most attended golf tournament on the regular season PGA Tour, only behind the Phoenix Open, Waste Management Phoenix Open. That was a surprise for me. Not that this tournament didn't know this tournament was great. I just did not know that it, uh, it held the, the second most visited golf tournament. Uh, like I said, this tournament's been around for uh, 70 years already and um for the first three years it was played at uh, uh weathersfield country club but 1984 it moved to the tpc river High highlands um this is just a great event I mean, there's not much we can't say bad about it um uh tpc river highlands par 70 uh, 6852. And Joe, you might know this a little better than I do. Is this the shortest course that we play all year? 
Um, it's right there, AP. Yeah, it's got to um, be. It's got to be. 6, yeah, it's right there. 6,841 yards. Uh, one, of the, one of the shorter tracks on the schedule. Yeah. So we got right Ben Grass. A couple others. Go ahead. Yeah, Ben Grass throughout the pretty much the whole golf course with probably some Poana seeping in when we got this cooler weather. Uh, if, so I don't know what the temperatures have been like for the last month up there. But if we haven't got really hot weather, that Poana is going to be all over the place. So uh, those late afternoon rounds um, – might get a little, you know, they can cause some problems if the Poana blooms up. Kentucky Bluegrass Fescue four inch plus rough, which is uh, should be a pretty good test, I have to imagine for the for them up there. That's why we see these, uh, you know, six eight hundred yards par seventy, but we're still going to see uh, somewhere in the teens win this golf tournament, whether it be fifteen to twenty under. Uh, we all know course design, Pete Dye. This is classic Pete Dye design. Uh, we had some uh, art. Re renovation help from Bobby Weed in 1989. Um, surprisingly, uh, average fairway width and landing areas are about 30 yards. Um, last year, we added a new tee box on 17. Mm, yeah, just like I said, other notes on here is that these uh, cooler nights and mild temperatures, uh, you know, the grass doesn't heal as well. So if this, if we ever have some like funky weather up there uh courses like this with this kind of weather are going to suffer um in the you know two week to to six week the time period but uh yeah this tournament man it's it's uh you know bombers have had success though joe even though it's a it's a typical peat die design uh, which we know is they get position off the tee and it's the second most peat die designs are second shot golf courses but uh if you look historically in this tournament uh, guys that hit it far have had a huge success. Uh, we're going to say these names right here, Stuart Sink, Hunter Mayhem, J.J. Henry, uh, Phil Mickelson, Bubba Watson. Um, they, they accounted to the six victories over the last 10 years. They all had it hit it long, a long ways compared to their peers at the time. And we know Bubba Watson won three times here. Um, let's see how many times did Phil win. Phil just went once or multiple times. Phil, Phil won twice. Uh, in the more recent years, Xander, uh, Harris, Dustin, long hitters, um, Chez Revy is a second shot specialist. So, uh, Kevin Strillman, second shot specialist, Russell Knox, great ball striker, uh, and George Spieth whenever he was untouchable. So that's, that's kind of like the mo more recent history, along with a little bit of dated history there when it talks to bombers. Uh, I know, Joe, this is one of this is a top three event for you. So uh, uh, talk about the Travelers just for a second. Yeah, man, I always love the Travelers. Um, you know, it's uh, we're going to see a lot of birdies, as you mentioned, probably going to fall somewhere in the teens. We've not seen 20 under uh, par or better in, in the last decade. Um, so more than likely, we're going to see something in the teens. Although I will say, AP, it's something we'll talk about in just a minute. Uh, strongest field we've ever seen for the Travelers. It's an elevated event. Um, so this field is act um, but you mentioned a uh, really kind of intriguing mixture of uh, bombers and, and shorter hitters um, and this is one of those you know we talk talk about handful of times a year AP where you know kind of the whole field's in play uh, with, with just being a little over 6,800 yards um, we, we can't really cross anyone out uh, at least not for distance reasons um, a lot of uh, forced layups off tees here a um, couple guys you mentioned, you know, a Chaz Reeby, a Russell Knox, Kevin Strillman. Uh, we, we've seen these guys play well and win here. Uh, Brian Harmon, a guy we'll talk about, uh, one, of the, one of the shorter hitters on tour, has got amazing course history here this week. So, 
Um, one of the weeks where I'm willing to kind of throw distance out the window, um, obviously <clears throat> always a little bit of an advantage, but um, something I'm going to weigh uh, certainly less this week. Um, so par 70, you know, you got to got to take advantage of the par fives. Um, there's only two of them. So you absolutely it's, it's crucial that you score on those um, looking for guys that can that can find fairways. Like I said, a lot of these a lot of these tee boxes, um, these guys are forced to lay up so they're not taking driver anyway. Uh, what we really want to dial in on is uh, approach play AP, which, you know, can be a lot of weeks. Uh, but definitely this one, iron play uh, is kind of going to be everything uh, as well as position off the tee and, and making putts. So um, that 150 to 175 range feels crucial. Um, we see an uptick in, in approach shots from that range this week. Uh, so that's something I'll be looking at. But, yeah, man, I, I love this tournament. It's just fun. Um, always look forward to the travelers. So uh, excited to dive into this. We've got a really good field this week. Yeah, like you mentioned, uh, strongest field ever. I hadn't even looked it up on um, um, the world rankings at, at the at the how much points are a lot of this. I imagine it's going to be a lot. Um, and then, and like you said, uh, purse is up almost two hundred fifty percent from from last year. A eight point three million, I think twenty million. So, uh, yeah, big payday. And uh, you know, I don't hate it for guys that make that much money, but let's be honest, it's ain't not going to be going fun going from uh, L.A. to Cromwell, Connecticut, uh, for for uh, you know a quick turnaround. So um, possibly some guys that went ahead and got out of there and after missing the cut and got over there and got rested. Who knows? Um, probably not going to play a huge effect into my thinking going in this weekend, but who knows? Um, coming to you on Tuesday night. Uh, instead of Monday night, we're going to have a little bit more uh, information as far as tee times and stuff, so we might touch on that. But let's just get right into the slate, Joe. Um, uh, 10K and above. Let's do 10K and above. 11-3 at the top, Scotty Scheffler. I feel like we do this every week, but I'll, I'm going to start with, deal with the top five. Now, I know there's a huge disparity of 1,100 points from top to bottom here, 10-2 uh, all the way at 11-3, but – you know, we got to say we're playing early. So, Cantlay at 10-2, Xander, John Rahm, Rory, Scotty Sheffler. And now, if we play Scotty Sheffler, we're going to have to uh, spend a lot of money. Same thing with Rory, but, I mean, goodness gracious, I feel like Rory puts a T in the ground as top four right right now. Uh, and you see the yeah. hunger, whether he can finish or not. You see the hunger in his eyes, and that's when we like to play Rory, uh, Joe. So, yeah. um, where are you at here in the top five? I love all these guys, man. Uh, not a great, you know, not a great answer, but it, it's just kind of how it is. I mean, we, we continually see the cream rising to the crop to the top this year. Um, Scotty Scheffler's ha having, uh, in the midst of a, of a, of a historical, uh, really ball striking top year. I mean, we're going back to prime tiger days. Uh, we talked about it on here with Tambo last week. Um, and you know, if that, if that putter ever starts clicking, he's going to win the golf tournament. Um, and we have to feel like that's going to happen sooner or later. Um, you know, it was one of those things where he's, he's kind of always in the mix. When you, you feel like he's not playing that well, because um, we see a lot of missed putts on TV, but, uh, you know, Scheffler's tee to green game is just amazing. Um, he's improved each of his traveler's starts, so he's kind of incrementally got better um, every time he's coming to this golf course. Um, Rory has, has played well in kind of limited trips here. Um, it's kind of an every other year thing for Rory. 
um, but he's played well. Uh, solid finishes, man. You ha- you have to wonder. Uh, Roy's kind of a different animal. Um, most most guys you would think would be very down after coming so close last week. Um, Roy, we, we've kind of seen him bounce back in spots, um, you know, after disappointments. So it's uh, he's an interesting play this week, and, and I may be a little more likely to play him than I would be another guy um, that that went through what he went through last week. Um, because because I think he's capable of bouncing back. John Rom, uh, just been a little bit off, man. Things just haven't been quite as tight on and around the greens. Um, uh, that's why we're seeing, uh, you know, some some kind of mediocre outings for him, at least by his standards. Um, but but certainly like Scotty, capable of of just getting things going and and blowing this thing out. Um, Xander, uh, defending champion, obviously played played well here last year. Patrick Cantlay. Uh, the course history is amazing. He was right in the mix in this thing last year, AP. I don't know if you remember. Um, had a really bad, uh, just a weirdly bad final round last year. I think he I think he shot like 76. Um, but he, he and Xander were kind of battling for this thing last year. I don't know if you remember. But, um, you know, really fun third round. Those guys going back and forth. And then Cantley just kind of fell out in the final round last year. But uh, look for Cantley and Shoffley to both be right in the thick of this thing. Um, the, this is right down uh, Patrick Cantley's turnpike. Uh, we've seen him play well in these non-major events, and, and he loves this golf course. So, you know, if I'm picking a favorite up here, um, I don't think he's the best player, but I think my favorite might be Patrick Cantley um, up at the top. Yeah, so uh, something like you said, something kind of just seems off with Rom and uh, makes me wonder, you know, is this kind of when we kind of – you know, I feel like with Rom uh, to be successful in on DFS, you kind of have to play him when nobody else is playing him. Uh, and so I think maybe this might be a week where we just take a stab. I know his current form is not nowhere close, but I think I feel like he's going to be completely overlooked because it makes a lot more sense to play a Scotty, a Rory, a Patrick, or a Xander over him, in my opinion, because you're getting good value with Patrick and Xander, and Xander, you know, has played pretty decently. And uh, we can't there's nothing we can say bad about Rory and Scotty except, you know, what, you know, if they each make one more putt a day, they win every tournament they've played in this year. So, or at least the last three, uh, two months. So anyway, in saying that, um, I don't really don't know what to do up here. And I, I'm, I'm probably going to hold out for a little bit before I make a decision. Uh, but to me, and I know he's a defending champion, so makes it a little bit, uh, kind of ignorant for me to say is that the right term, but uh, uh, kind of leaning towards Xander at that 10 4. Uh, so I don't really know though. I'm I don't, don't, doesn't, doesn't feel like there's a bad play up here this week, man. Yeah. Doesn't feel like the, the, of course, it's, you know, it's not a huge surprise um, at this price point, but um, it just feels like there's not a bad play above 10K. And it, it, and it might be one of those weeks where I kind of let, as the week progresses a little bit, kind of let ownership dictate where I go because I do like all these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, so in that situation, a lot of times I'll, I'll kind of lean towards the lower on guys. I think, I think we'll see, um, you know, Cantley and Shoffley both be extremely popular. Um, Scotty will, will be popular. Um, so I think that kind of leaves, kind of should leave us probably choosing between Rory and Rom. Um, who are both obviously elite players, but uh, each kind of have their issue, their own personal issues going. Um, but I would be totally fine, you know, if if it's going to be a, a noticeable uh, 
ownership gap between those two guys and the other three, um, I'll be just fine going in that direction. So um, probably that ownership kind of dictate what I do up there. I'm, I'm interested to get your thoughts on the nine Ks, man. It's a it's an interesting range. A little surprised to see some of these guys up here. Um, what do you what are you thinking in the nines, man? Um, I love I love the nine K range just overall. And uh, that's why I'll probably be a little bit more conservative in the 10K range, Joe. Uh, Fitzpatrick, Fowler, Wyndham Clark, Fleetwood, uh, Morikawa, Finau, Hovland. Love all those players. Don't know if I love all those players in Cromwell, Connecticut, uh, especially when, when we get to it, we're going to talk about the 8K range, Joe, which, and to me, I love those guys more than the 9K range. So, uh love all these players um you know more cow gets the putter going uh stays loose apparently i mean basically felt like i never saw him on tv this weekend and you look at his scorecards you're like this guy was in this tournament um tony finau uh it's all about the putter if it's okay he's very competitive uh victor's victor um, so there, when we've already talked about Fleetwood, I just never get Fleetwood right, so I don't have an opinion on it. And um, Fitzpatrick, I feel like it's going to be wildly overlooked this week. So, uh, I, I once again, I, I don't really have a hard case for any of these guys to play. Um, does Ricky just parlay how he played last week and, and there's no pressure this week and just plays great? That makes sense too. I could make, I could come up with a Disney story about all these guys this week. So, Joe, what about your nine K range? Yeah, I think there's a lot of narratives um, we can kind of follow in this nine K range. So, like I said, it's I, I just feel like it's a super interesting range this week. Um, you've got you've got Ricky and Wyndham coming off um, emotional um, U.S. Uh, U.S. Open week last week, emotionally different <laughs> for each of those. Uh, you got Wyndham Clark on a high. Uh, kind of, you know, there's already been some pictures out of him celebrating, which great, rightly so. Um, so you, so you wonder where he'll be this week. Um, he, he's uh, the type of play that I would really love if he's not coming off of his first uh, major championship win. Uh, but then you got Ricky with the disappointment. Um, you know, coming coming off. Uh, coming off LACC and kind of what transpired there, you know, he, he was so super close, you know, he had to feel uh, super close. And then with that bad final round, uh, not great momentum coming in this week, but maybe like you said, maybe the pressure's off. Um, my tendency is to look elsewhere. Um, I'm a Tommy Fleetwood truther. Uh, you know, this AP love playing Tommy. I, I keep thinking of breakthrough wins coming. Uh, it, this is a very stout price tag though, uh, 9,300. I do like the fit. Uh, I like the fit at this TPC river Highlands golf course for Tommy. He had a T 13 here back in 2019. Um, we know he's, he's coming with a ton of momentum. We like playing guys coming off really good Sundays and, and Tommy certainly had one shot 63, uh, at LACC on Sunday. So a ton of positive momentum. Uh, you mentioned Morikawa. It seemed like he just had a lot of lot of nice little spurts last week. Maybe maybe some things are are starting to fire. Um, over his last two starts, he's gained ten combined strokes on approach. Um, I like to see that when those irons are clicking. We know how dangerous he could be. Um, and then you mentioned Tony and Vic, um, just, just super solid guys. 
Victor Hovland had kind of a quiet week, but but we know what type of year he's having as far as consistency. So um, I like Victor. I like Colin Morikawa, um, and, and I like Tommy. Um, although the price tag is a little bit scary, I'm going to have to keep an eye on his ownership too. I think we're going to have a lot of folks um, on the Fleetwood bandwagon this week, AP. Yeah, I can see that. And like I said, I'd never get him right. So I can't really, I don't want to speak on him because of that. Um, Fleetwood, though, 63 could have been about 58. <laughs> Just good to see hit it. Now, he did make some bombs there in the middle of the round. So I, you can't complain. But that put on 18 was uh, criminal, Joe. That was a crim. That yeah. looked like. Yeah, I ain't gonna throw our boy under the bus, but uh, that looked like a uh, uh, somebody falling short on on a on a mm-hmm. may, may, maybe mm-hmm. possibly maybe possibly on his first ever seventy nine a four footer on eighteen at the brook. I'm just and we saying. were uh, we were trying to we were trying to steer it home, baby. At the end at the end of the round, and you could you could see we were just just trying to steer it in. We're we're like old Cougar on Top Gun, uh, just trying, trying to <laughs> just trying to get that thing landed. Yeah. So, uh, and that's uh, kind of been the knock on Tommy, man, as far as why he, why he hasn't maybe won yet on the PGA Tour uh, when we feel like he should. Uh, we, we saw some 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 leaks down the stretch in Canada a couple weeks ago. So that's uh, that's the only thing, the drawback uh, of seeing him at 9,300, although I, I do think he's a great play. Um, the 8K range is, man, we got some, I mean, some guys that are playing some bad golf. Um, really good players that are playing really bad golf in the 8K. So it's it's maybe the most interesting range to me this week. AP, what do you do here, man? Um, um, you got you got Max Homa coming off a very disappointing miscut on a on a golf course where a lot of people really liked him. JT maybe playing the worst golf. I don't I don't know if I want to save his career, but certainly uh, that we've seen recently. Um, you know, just just a horrible outing. Uh, last week does he does he get things back on track you have to feel like it's a it's an ultimate buy low spot for jt if you have any type of faith in him uh sung jay's been super quiet uh cam young's been bad jd's been bad since the win um changed irons last week and it's just a mess for him right now um tagala has cooled a bit he had a runner up here last year so i think a lot of people maybe find their way back to to Tagala this week and and Tom Kim starting to show some life. Siwoo's been popular. So anyway, man, uh, do you have a favorite here in the eight Ks or any thoughts on on these guys that are uh, really a lot of them playing bad golf right now? So if I take the storyline here, Joe, uh, you know, um, I'm trying to pull up something so I can get some math on this. But uh, what if you started here in the eight K range and uh, we know maybe. Um, the mindsets are at all-time lows for a number of these guys, but what if you took a, a Hideki, Young, JT lineup start, you know, two years ago or 18 months ago, you'd have been like, that's, you know, three of the top eight price players in a major. Six and, six months ago, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, at the start, at the start of this year, I mean, let's, you know, we're, we're uh, what, four or five months removed from Max Homa being – Maybe the hottest player in the world um, on the West Coast swing. Um, you know, Sung Jay is, yeah. is well known for his consistency. Same can be said for JT. I mean, it's it's tempting. Um, it's, is, it's let me just tell you this, Joe. If I told you you could put a lineup together, had Siwoo Kim, Hideki Matsuyama, 
Justin Thomas at Cromwell, Connecticut, the TPC River Highlands for the Travelers in 2023 and have $8,200 left, you'd say, I want 100% of my lines to those three guys. Am I wrong? So, mm. uh, and strangely enough, you know, Hideki doesn't have much history here. I think this golf course actually sets up great for him uh, uh, if, if he can figure it out. And another thing, too, so, so I'm, I'm big uh, Hideki this week for that purpose. Uh, don't know if he's back or he, I'm not going to say that. Um, but, uh, you know, actually he hasn't looked very good at all, really, I'll, I'll be honest, other than the, uh, uh, you know, since his Masters victory, let's be honest, he has not had a, a lot of success since then. Um, uh, at Cam Young, it seemed to, like, go off the planet. What was he, like 176 on tour and putting at one time this year? Uh, played pretty good last week, Joe. Uh, a couple rounds under par on the weekend. So I uh, here's the problem, though. We got really no history with Young or Matsuyama in this event. So I'm scratching J-Day. I love Tagala, but scratching him here. Um, Lowry seems to be the more of the guy I'm going to play when the tournament's held at a, you know, eight under. Uh, I do like Tom Kim, however. Uh, Siwoo, JT, Matsuyama, out on Siwoo, out on uh, Sunjay, excuse me. And uh, I don't really know what to do with Homa. He does not have a lot of success in the Northeast. So for that reason, probably scratch him, even though he makes sense. Uh, but he makes a lot of sense to me on more traditional style golf courses where we've got, you know, iron play and par five scoring kind of makes a lot of sense because he doesn't miss a lot of long shots. So his driver in the fairway, you know, five wood or three iron on a green, two putts or around the green gets up and down. That's a huge advantage for a golfer like of his uh, caliber. So, uh, Cam Young, Sun, uh, Siwoo Kim, JT, uh, Tom Kim in the uh, 8K range. And that's kind of going against the grain on uh, on recent recent play, but uh, the talent's just there. And if you put two of those guys in your lineup and every lineup you got and mix and mingle them, I think two of these four uh, make some noise. Hard to think that we could have you know four or five guys in this range or, or the 9K range and and you're not going to have one of the top five, two of the top five guys finish top five in the tournament. So we've got to figure that out as well. But I like two guys. I like, I, I thought playing those four guys, uh, mix and matching two of them in every lineup I got. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, there, there's some really cool things you can do with ownership this week, man. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a bet against recent form um, in, in a lot of spots. Um, but, but, but there's some, I mean, there's a lot of leverage out there to gain if, if, you know, if you're looking at it from that perspective, maybe a, a large field GPP, I think there's a lot of cool things you can do, um, especially in this 8K range and the 9K range. Um, there's a lot of ways to uh, get different with, with guys that are historically really good players and maybe not playing their best golf right now. Um, the, the 7K range, um, a lot of a lot of guys that, that you feel like you want to target, that you kind of feel like you know what you're getting this week, um, we mentioned how deep this field is. That that really starts showing up in the seven K range. Um, a, a lot of guys that that you just would feel really comfortable with. At least I do at first glance. Um, we're talking about good course fits um, with some good course history in there, mixed in with some good recent form. Um, just you know, off the top of my head, and at the kind of the top of the seven K range, AP Russell Henley really jumps out to me. Um, I think he'll be a popular play. You know, I'm. I'm a Henley apologist. I'm I'm kind of always there, um, so I I'm always bummed when he when he kind of gets some steam, which I, I feel like he will this week. Um, just very very quietly playing excellent golf this year. 
Um, Harris English is inconsistent, which scares me a little bit, but I do like the uh, upside here. Obviously, uh, one here two years ago when that, that kind of marathon playoff, um, we, we saw him pop last week at the U.S. Open, and we've we seen him play well in spurts this year. Um, so I think you can definitely look at, at uh, Harris English. Um, Corey Connors on paper is an excellent fit, a terrific ball striker. Uh, Minwoo Lee is a player. I think we'll see a lot of people jumping on Minwoo Lee. Um, people like to roster him, especially coming off a, a big week at the U.S. Open last week. I think you'll see a lot of people there. Um, I mentioned in the opener, Brian Harmon's course history is amazing. Um, four top eights, four finishes inside the top eight uh, over the last five years. So it's just ridiculous course history for Brian Harmon if, you, if you're a course history buff. Um, so there's a lot to like, man. Um, and as we work on down, we'll, we'll talk about a couple more. Is there, there anybody between like the 75 to 8K range that you uh, really like this week, uh, Andrew? Yeah, I like a number of these guys. I, once again, I can't ever get Connors right. Uh, you know, I, for like 18 months straight, I said he fit in, every week. I couldn't make a reason not to play him. So for that reason, I, I'm out on him. Uh, you know, me, I, I'm a Adam Scott fan, but this to me this week, he's he's not going to have a huge advantage uh, like he has in other events that he plays in. I do like Henley, uh, like Keegan actually, um, yeah. on here and. Uh, could he get majorly overlooked? Yes. Minwoo Lee is. We've, we've seen uh, seen some good finishes from Keegan here as well. He's he's uh, popped on this golf course a couple times. Yeah, and Minwoo Lee obviously is going to get a lot of attention, and and rightfully so. He's the threat every week, no matter what the course fit is. Uh, just very streaky player. Um, probably probably be out on uh, Harmon this week, just from the main reason is that. Yeah, he's had great course history here, but this is the strongest field we're ever going to see. So naturally, that's going to decrease, and uh, he's probably going to get a ton of ownership because of his uh, uh, great history here. So uh, we just do around that, and uh, I'd rather I actually rather plug in like a like a um, Ben Honor, Matt Kuchar there. That's probably going to be wildly overlooked in this range, and and uh, hope one of them pops. That's uh, that's me for that for this range. Um, does that make sense at all, Joe? Well, like those two throwing sure. those two out there uh you yeah. know and we've seen been on you know just real off top 25s this year uh taking a little bit more serious so uh, yeah what, i mean i'd also uh a guy that that we've seen play really well this year guy we we like on this show he's, he's kind of been out of sight out of mind because he's not played in a couple weeks uh steven yeager um, i think that's an interesting pivot from Harmon uh from men lee there um you never have to talk me into uh to fading the chalky brian Harmon. um Looks right now like his ownership's around 12, 12 or fourteen percent. That's that's getting up there pretty strong. Um, so you know I'm I'm always look, willing to uh, look to jump jump off him um, as the chalk, even though the course history is amazing. So yeah, I, I really like your mindset there, AP. Um, some young guys um, that, that I'm really interested in as as we get out get on down into the sevens. Um, like to hear your favorites, but uh, just just to toss a couple names out there, Ludwig Aberg, um, we've seen what he's capable of. Just recently turned pro, uh, played really well in Canada. Um, he's in the field this week. Austin Eckroat, I think, is going to get a ton of steam. Uh, really talented player that's that's coming into his own. Um, I think he uh, he's finally kind of 
starting to show that promise that he showed at Oklahoma State. A lot of people were really high on him coming out of college, uh, myself as well. And he kind of stumbled a little bit coming out of the gate, but he's he's really starting to find his game and get comfortable on the PGA Tour. We saw that uh, over the last several weeks and last week at the U.S. Open. Um, so I think you'll see a lot of people looking to play Austin Eckrow because he's an explosive player. Um, Eric Cole's become a favorite for a lot of folks. Um, you know, he's he's remained really consistent um, and a very uh, reasonable price tag this week at 7,300. Um, so I think you'll see a lot of people gravitate towards uh, what they feel is safety in Eric Cole. Um, and then I'll touch on just a couple more guys down here. Uh, AP, Andrew Putnam, Justin Suh, Taylor Moore. Uh, kind of surprised to see him at this price tag. Um, seems like there's a lot of... Uh, Jordan Spieth, Taylor Moore crossover. I don't know if that's just Copperhead kind of kind of hopping out at me, but um, we've seen Spieth play well here before, so I, I'm kind of interested in Taylor Moore, even though it's it's been a little, little bit quiet. Um, I think the ownership's going to be uh, priced to move there. Um, and then uh, Sam Bennett, you know, the amateur. We, we've talked a lot about Aberg. Uh, Sam Bennett's kind of sneaking up on a lot of people. Played really well at the U.S. Open. Had a had a bad uh, third round, I believe. Uh, fell down the leaderboard, but I, I think he's a talented kid. He's a grinder. Um, this this course should suit him pretty well. Um, so, give me your thoughts, man. Any of these young guys you like? Another thing, shout out to Travelers. Um, before I kick it to you, AP, they the Travelers are one of the best events about getting these young guys in, talented young players. Um, they, they always use their uh, sponsors' exemptions very, very wisely. Um, I think a lot of guys remember that kind of throughout their career and, and try to come back here. Um, that's one thing that's kind of kept this tournament alive. So uh, shout out to the Travelers for uh, always getting a lot of talented young players in. Can't hear you, buddy. Absolutely, Joe. Uh, I'm on board with what you said about the travelers and 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 the and the field year in year out and trying to get great young play new on the rise players. Uh, to me, though, the the uh, after seeing the eight this nine k the eight k uh, in the high sevens uh, the low sevens is wildly um, uh, mediocre for me. Um, not saying there isn't great players here. It's just. Uh, pop power ain't there except for i will say this uh be i'm gonna have my eye on justin side for a while this guy hits it so good uh it's fun to watch him play uh really kind of thought he would uh make some move on saturday and, and just did just struggled there on the on the back nine on saturday so but uh underwhelming for me on the lower 7k except for i do like uh eric cole quite a bit uh 7300 uh just consistently top 30 every week um, and playing well uh, ever since uh, he uh, made uh, most of his opportunities. So uh, moving on the 6K range, Joe, um, a lot of names we know, not sure if we'll play many of them this week, uh, but we might be forced to. Uh, it's pretty deep, actually, as we get on down here, uh, several past champions, but, you know, um, maybe not where where at the, where their game is where we want it, but uh, um, are you finding value down here in the sixes this week, or are you just kind of have to pick a few just to plug in? Uh, we know Dylan Wu's been playing well at sixty six hundred. Um, <clears throat> Harry, Harry Hall uh, played well for a few weeks, and uh, we know sky's the limit for that guy. Nick Hardy played pretty well last weekend, Joe. 
Um, uh, Shrillman has had huge success here in the past, no matter what the strength of the field was. So where, where are you at here in the 6K range? And then we'll get into uh, the main event question of the evening. Yeah, I'm uh, to answer your question. I'm I'm fine down here this week, man. Um, as far as you know, in comparison to a lot of weeks we see, I'm pretty comfortable going below seven k this week. Um, I don't know that you have to, um, but I certainly think you can. Um, I think there's some solid options, especially when we're talking about GPP stuff. Uh, Mark Hubbard, I don't know that he'll be a great GPP play because I think he's going to be extremely popular, but. Uh, feels just like a, a great value play at 6,900. So I really like Hubbard there. Michael Kim's been playing solid golf. We know how talented Davis Riley is. Um, you mentioned some of the vets of so Kevin Strillman you can look at. Uh, I like Sam Stevens a lot. Uh, Ches Reeby will be popular. So there's a lot of ways you can go down here, AP. Uh, no need to uh, avoid the 6Ks this week. So who's your... Uh... Who's your uh, dark play of the week, Joe? Uh, man, I should always think about this before the show, Andrew. <laughs> For some reason, I never do, man. I just uh, I always get kind of caught up on the slate as a whole. Uh, I'll, I'll toss out Austin Ekro. Um, I, I think he'll be popular, but uh, he, he's just a fun player. He's, he's one of those guys that's fun to have in your roster because he's so explosive. Um, and, and it does feel like he's getting more and more comfortable. Uh, we're just seeing a little bit more comfort, a little bit more freedom from him every week. So, uh, my dart, I'll throw out, uh, Austin Ekro. Who you got, man? Who you think? Ah, man, it's just so, so hard because this field's so strong. It's kind of hard to go down here in the sixes and expect much, right? I think these dart plays were much easier whenever we had normal events because the guys, uh, you know, it's, it, it's harder to find the long shots of majors, right? So now it's basically like every week's a major. But um, I guess if I'm kind of throwing something out of there out of nowhere, I really, like you said, should have should have thought about this before, right? I, nobody's really nobody's gonna be talking about Davis Riley, so let's throw him out there. Uh, like it. Got a lot of games like for this golf course. Um, but yeah, sorry, my dog was eating on something. I'm trying to, she's probably like gonna have diarrhea all night. It's great. Um, so in your heart of hearts, Joe, what do you see this tournament looking like on Sunday? Who's your uh, heart play of the week? Man, there's so many good options up there, and so many guys I like this week, honestly. Um, I don't really. He's not like a player that I love, man, but just for it, it just feels like a Patrick Cantley week to me. Um, it's like the pressure's off. He's out, you know, he's out of the major championship fire. Um, you know, we, it's just it's the type of tournament he wins, man. Uh, we, we've seen him do it like in the, in the FedEx Cup playoffs, be really good feels. Um, there's pressure, but not huge pressure. Um, he's playing well, so I'm, I'm going Cantley. Um, not not necessarily a guy I'm pulling for, um, but but something just tells me it's his type of week. Um, what, what are you thinking, man? Um, I mean, why not? You know, why not a a, a Hideki or a or a, or a Camion Joe? Uh, so that's kind of where I'm landing this week. Is like uh, kind of go outlandish. I mean, we're gonna get a great price on a JT. Ton, uh, 
JT and on a uh, Pete Dye track. You kidding me? Uh, that that just wildly surprising. I mean, we're gonna get you can probably get a deck on on a tour event at fifty to one. You kidding me? Uh, you're gonna get a JT at a forty to one or higher. It's just uh, it's just. I mean, I know their form's bad, so you might be like, hey, I'm gonna go have this at, if if we're if we're making wagers, you know gets to make a little bit more consistent if we're if we're um you know dfs wise be a little bit more um uh liberal this week in your selection is that right that's a good term be very liberal and probably go off ownership like you said um so with that being said i really think one of these guys in the top five are definitely going to win <laughs> after saying all that <laughs> Uh, can't lay Xander, John, Rom, Rory. I just, I would be why I'm just gonna be honest. I'll be wildly surprised if Rory or Sheffler don't win. Okay, I mean, they got to make putts eventually, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it all goes back to that, man. I mean, we can we can talk through the slate, which we have. I mean, I think this is a great slate, so I'm I'm glad we glad we spent a lot of time on it this week. Um, feels like we. We talked over some really interesting stuff, but at the end of the day, <laughs> Scotty Sheffer can kind of cancel all that out if he's making putts. Yeah. Um, it feels like he's just playing so good from tee to green that, you know, it feels like he can kind of make it a moot point. Um, if putts are falling, maybe same can be said for Rory. Um, so, yeah, uh, I agree with you, man. Uh, and these golf, course, these golf courses really don't set up for their game at all. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, from a Rory, John Rom, I, I don't know to the to the same extent as those two, Scotty Scheffler, but, um, you know, we know Rory's biggest weapon's the driver. Um, and same can be said for Rom, and that, that's going to be a little bit muted this week. Um, so not the best um, setup for them to take advantage of their, their biggest strengths. Um, so that's that's kind of my knock on, on a Rory and a Rom. Um, some of these driver-heavy guys, um, you know, Scotty's just so solid um, that, that it seems like from tee to green, he's just going to just gonna kind of go out there and, and maybe you don't feel like he plays great and he, sh- he shoots three or four under. It seems like it's what he does every round. And uh, if the putts start falling, then, then just look out, man. Yes, that's – that's yeah, I, I sounds so stupid to play Scotty Scheffler here, but, yeah, unless fatigue's there uh scott scotty shepherd's pretty pretty strong sam bennett uh making his uh second professional start is that right so yeah so uh i guess third start as a pro i think he i think he turned pro before canada played really well up there uh we saw him flash play really well last week uh before one bad round so Mm -hmm. um he's an exciting player very slow um but but he's uh he's kind of got that I don't know, man. He kind of not really necessarily his game, but kind of almost reminds me of like a Kevin Kizer or something. He's got a little bit of little bit of grit to him, a little bit of attitude. Um, so you know, he's he seems a you know almost a Patrick Reed or something. Like he's gonna gonna try to find a way to get on the PGA Tour. Yeah, I, I'm a big uh, big fan of him actually. So um, who knows though? We'll see. Uh, uh, sky's the limit. I mean, really the uh, you know, talking SEC wise, amateur golf looks pretty, or uh, you know, the future of uh, professional golf. And I think, I think you know, maybe that that little group of the Will Gordon and the uh, you know Augustine, all them those that got overlooked. You know, 
uh, and they really haven't had a ton of success yet. But I mean, we can also say you know, Justin Sud and uh, played well. It's come around. It took a few years, and it's a big it's a big change from from collegiate golf into um, professional golf. But we got Sergeant. We got our guy here, uh, Caleb Surratt. Um, we've got um, another uh, junior here in in Nashville. Uh, Blades Brown, which great name, great golf name. Blades Brown uh, won an AJGA event at Sedgefield, shots two under over four rounds at Sedgefield, which is where the Greensboro Classic is or whatever that term is called now. Um, uh, look out for him, 16 years old, went to the sweet lead eight or sweet 16 of in the uh, four ball match play in the USJ with his buddy from high school that signed at UT. So, uh, um, I think uh, SEC wise, man, college golf is strong, and it's it's going to be fun to watch uh, the future here of golf and and the golf in Tennessee. And and you know, to their credit, Brent Snedeker and uh, and uh, Scott Stallings have played a huge role in that for the growth of junior golf in the state of Tennessee. And uh, shout out to one last shout out to my boy Ethan Whitaker. Uh, I've known him since he was born, since the day he was born. I think he's fifth place in the Western Junior Amateur up in Chicago, Illinois this week uh, after the first round. So, yeah, he's a uh, Tennessee Chattanooga commit, um, by the way, which they made their second, I think, appearance in the NCAA championship this past year uh, under their first year at the new coach, which is where also Stephen Yeager went to, to college. Throwing a lot of Tennessee, uh, SEC, uh, Southern, uh, the Brook ties into the, this uh, into this pod. But uh, so, um, Joe, thanks again. Great conversation. I'm, gl we, I'm glad we got took about 20 minutes out to talk about the Open, uh, the yeah. U.S. Open Championship. And uh, I actually wouldn't mind uh, getting together and talking about more golf-related stuff here shortly, maybe when the season's over that that that's going on because we don't really know what's going on and haven't got to deep dive into some the nonsense and, and really nobody knows uh didn't bring yeah. up jay monahan's health condition it's like i feel like i'm watching a scripted show uh with all that so and we don't know what golf is going to look at i saw today that the tiger rory league announced their plans to go forward which is ridiculous in my brain to even comprehend, but whatever. Um, but there is no doubt there's going to be more money and golf's going to be bigger uh, for the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Uh, but we would like to hold on to a little bit of sentiment of tradition within the, uh, the growth of the game, right, Joe? Uh, can we say that a little bit? I don't really know how to picture that, but um, yeah. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Joe, Andrew Putters, thank you, roadballer.com. Remember, use the promo code TURN when signing up. Everybody, you've listened to the TURN Golf Podcast. Already here, three in the lake. It's gone.